Hi guys, welcome to Mindful Minute Podcast. So my name is Masuma. I'm Anuda. And today we're going to be talking about, I think, a really relatable topic. Yeah, it's very relatable. <laughs> um, so it's racism. Yeah. But we're going to look at it from the psychological perspective um, and kind of just share our personal experiences. So we're going to actually um, do a different kind of format, format to this podcast today. Yeah, but, we don't want to bore you to death. And then we thought <laughs> racism, because we, we both probably have some type of experience or have encountered racism some way. So we just kind of wanted to share what our experiences are, how it made us feel at the time, and just little things like that. Just change it up a bit. And I guys. think it's good because we're both different cultures just, as well, yeah. like very different cultures. So I think that's really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into all of that, we haven't had a catch-up since our last podcast. Oh my God, yeah. So... <laughs> I just want to start by saying we are going to Mamuni's engagement party end of this month and I'm really excited. I feel excited. like it's just going to be like a, a running vlog thing of Misuma's dress. She's going to be like, <laughs> we got the venue guys, we got her dress guys, <laughs> we did this guys. You guys are going to be updated throughout clearly. Literally, you are part wedding. of the relationship at this point. <laughs> I know, you guys are part of, you're getting married with me. <laughs> Literally. Yes, I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I'm um, really excited. Because I didn't expect you to get um, a venue so quick because I know you were looking around but I didn't know that recently when you went to London, you were actually finding the venue. Yeah, that's so when she doing. sent the invitation, I was like, oh it's my God, happening. <laughs> it's happening. happening. And Renee, our friend, was like, Masuma, you, you knew that she was going to get engaged. Why are you so surprised? <laughs> and I was like, Renee, it's happening. I know, literally. <laughs> it's becoming real. I had like a little anxiety moment yesterday because I was just deeping. I'm not someone to do public speaking or to be like in a group of people. And I'm deeping. All eyes are going to be on me. Like, yeah. it's really <laughs> gonna be a little bit sticky especially with pictures I'm really funny with pictures I feel like it's my body just more here speaking but I'm like I can't tell people to delete it and take it again because yeah it's only one moment yeah so no, how am I going mean. to cope like I can't be like oh sorry can I can I look at the picture you just took of me like, Imagine yeah. doing that every little second. I wish I um, could. Actually, speaking about your body dysmorphia, I think we should definitely have an episode on that. Yeah, yeah, we will definitely cover that. I yeah. feel like it's a big thing. So it we is. We'll definitely cover and that. And two of our friends, actually, so you and Sarah, I think, have it as well. So I think, well, let's invite Sarah on. on she will have a lot to say. To say about body she will not stop talking. Yeah, so I the think thing is, it's not my body dysmorphia is not diagnosed, but I'm pretty. Which is pretty certain. When you look at the symptoms, <laughs> she's got it. Yeah, literally, I'm pretty <laughs> certain. She's not diagnosed or anything. Yeah. But yeah, these past three weeks has been interesting. I had an eye operation as well. Oh my God, yeah. So Mamuda had like an eye operation. So I don't know if this podcast is, might be delayed, but if it is, yeah, it's, it's because Mamuda like can't see. Literally. <laughs> literally. So yeah, it wasn't fun at all. Would not recommend like zero out of 10, never do it. <laughs> <laughs> wow no what do you mean oh my god so the last time we had this podcast we were talking about the numbing situation and yeah all of that kind of stuff so were you awake how did it feel so I was awake guys right in the process of doing it it wasn't so bad because obviously the anesthetic kicked in or whatever yeah as soon as I kid you not five minutes after I left that hospital like I got in the lift turned went downstairs to go in the car Chris is ready to kind of drive us home the light hit my eye and I felt like someone lit my eyeballs on fire no like, way 
I could not describe the pain. It was either like someone hit, like lit my eyeballs on fire, or someone was scratching my eyeballs just like this constantly. Oh my like God. you guys can't see what I'm doing, but I'm vigorously scratching. It just felt like someone was with nails was scratching my eyeballs constantly. Oh wow. Worst pain ever. Do not recommend. But what have you been up to? <laughs> yeah, but like has your eyesight gone good now? Um, I still can't really see. So we're doing something a little bit different today so that I can see a little bit better. I'm using my iPad to just go through our notes um do they say how long it's going to take you six weeks so okay. it's only it's been three now so I'm halfway halfway do you think yeah. it's improved since like you know I don't know if it's improved but my glass my vision with my glasses is a vision without my glasses yeah if that makes sense oh, but it's okay. still the same blurriness that I see that's why I'm not wearing my glasses because even when I wear the glasses everything looks the same so I think I'm going to need a new prescription um as well but yeah I don't know if it's any better I'll find out tomorrow I've got to follow up with the doctor tomorrow so I'll find out then do you have good pain tolerance I thought I did I thought I did but now I'm not too sure you know I literally said to my mum I said to my mum I was like I thought I was a big girl talking about BBL this BBL that (laughs) (laughs) I am not doing no surgery in my life I'm sorry this was a minute the doctor said this was really a minor surgery. Yeah, that, that's what triggered me. Minor. Yeah, it's not. And it's my eyeball. The way the way I felt, it was not a minor feeling. Sorry, guys, but no, I'm not doing any type of surgery. If I don't need a surgery, I don't think I would do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. No, I don't think that would be the case for me anymore. But what have you been up to in the past? Well, I've just been busy, like you know, with work, and then we went, um, we went Manchester, me and Mamuda, mm-hmm. and um, some more friends as well. I've just been really, really busy mm-hmm. with like not just work this just time, life, just life, know. like yeah, just life. She's got things to do, man. She's booked and yeah. busy. I literally said to Mamuda, "This podcast is there, like you know, we need to record it quickly." Yeah, she's like, I, I'm, "I've got plans." <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, um, I've got like. I think I'm developing a short attention span and my friends have started to call me Dory from Nemo because I'm just like my I don't know there's something wrong I was gonna ask something but I'm not gonna ask what no I was gonna say what have you been taking oh yeah nothing I don't take anything (laughs) I was gonna gonna ask it but I'm not gonna ask no no I don't take anything but yeah I just think I'm becoming Dory from Nemo Mm -hmm. um but yeah what was the question you need to work on your memory and concentration <laughs> clearly memory okay. and concentration I don't know what's going on with Miss Uber. she's very giddy today oh really yeah I don't, uh, I don't get what's happening but anyways guys let's get into it like yeah okay let's go we we just had black history month racism has been in the news and everywhere that you're looking and um, we had euro euro football thing happening this year racism was everywhere black lives matter last year or 2019 was everywhere we really need to talk about racism and the impact it has on us people that receive it <laughs> yeah literally I do think so as well I think it's really important so we are aware it, it is Black History Month mm-hmm. um well it was last month actually yeah, it, was it just ended yeah. and we wanted to discuss racism and the psychological effects of racism as well um so we also wanted to discuss our own experiences with racism and how it has affected us um also mentally as well I think yeah yeah in different ways so Mahmouda, what even is racism? Because I think the definition, I think sometimes people get confused. Bit, I was going to say the definition is a bit here, here, there and everywhere yeah. with racism. So the, uh, racism is kind of synonymous with prejudice, which is bias, a biased feeling or effect towards someone or it's stereotyping, which is biased beliefs um, to, or generalisation of a particular group. 
Um, it's also alongside discrimination. So discrimination is treating people differently based on th their characteristics that is a little bit different to yours. Um, <laughs> I just have to laugh because Masuma, every single time we are in this podcast, she hears any slight bit of noise and she literally looks at me like <laughs> we have just killed someone. You know what I find interesting about racism and the definition of racism? Mm -hmm. um, that it very much gets confused between like prejudice, discrimination, and I think it's really important to like separate everything. Yeah. Um. So I think it's really important to remember the the differences, mm -hmm. like we really just said, um, on on each of them really. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So racism is basically the hatred of another culture in in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Race can in turn cause discrimination and rejoice, and this has been linked to limiting people's opportunities due to their race, skin colour, or for being different as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, racism can be manif can manifest in numerous of ways, including institutional racism, uh, interpersonal racism, and um, so interpersonal racism would be stigmatisation, avoidance, and social ex exclusion. People um, subjected to ethnic or racial maltreatment often experience psychological distress, due to the unjust or unprovoked or uncomfortable nature of racism. Yeah, um, so studies have linked racism to psychological distress. Um, a majority of these studies have been conducted with African-Americans, um, Hispanics and Asian-Americans. Yeah, so that's the research that we found. We didn't found, find a lot of research around Black British people or Black Asian people. But again, because our... I guess cultures are very similar. I'm assuming we have similar experiences to them. It might be a little bit magnified or a little bit less, but again, we are all in a modern society. So the racism would be quite similar. So Masuma, what would you say racism is to you? Okay, so if someone asked me, I would say racism is judging a person so if I was to be judged by someone else or treated differently because mm -hmm. of my race mm -hmm. I would say that is racism mm -hmm. and by them judging me um they would act a certain way yeah um so yeah that is my kind of perception and that's based on experiences that yeah. I've had so like I've lived in so many like different areas right um because I moved from London to Birmingham yeah and when I moved to Birmingham we were in areas that were majority white yeah and we had to literally move from a we moved like three times in the space of like a year or two years because of the racism that we'd had every single time so racism to me is kind of treating someone as an outcast just mm -hmm. because of their their skin color even because yeah. they didn't really care about what country I was from yeah they just cared that I was brown mm -hmm. and not white so I think for me racism is just treating me different yeah. and judging me based on that okay that's quite so you, you kind of mentioned about how you moved around because of the racism you experienced as a child how did you how did that make you feel did you feel like you was aware that it was because of that or did you feel yeah so I remember like I was growing up at that point and like I think I was I don't know I was in a primary school and secondary school phase so I was in primary school and then I was moving into secondary school um and I knew that the reason why um I was an outcast was because of my skin color so I was aware that clearly it's just because I'm not white yeah um 
I don't know. And there was a lot of differences in between us. And I would try, like you would try to fit in as well, which is so I mad. Think, I think that's the, that's because I've got a very similar experience to Masuma. Obviously, I grew up in Holland. Um, Holland is a, well, it's in Europe. When I lived there, I lived in a really small village where we were the only black family, literally. Just, I don't, I think in the whole bloody village, like we yeah. were the only black family. The amount of racism I experienced was mainly based on my skin colour. So I had like kids ask me stuff like oh if you shower would it come off and oh my god I laugh about it now but at the time I just kind of wanted to fit in Mm. I did everything to fit in I I say little silly things to my friend Bolly like when I was like oh when I was younger the white girls used to like shake their hair and I used to just want to do that so badly like I literally just wanted to go like this and obviously I've got afro hair my hair's not it's not flowing like it's it's an afro it's never gonna flow so but within myself I really just wanted to fit in I really yeah. just wanted them to be like oh you're cool like you know what's so crazy as well because obviously I was Muslim um I came to an age so you come to an age where you have to kind of start wearing a scarf, a scarf yeah. and depending on obviously your family and your culture and stuff like that I remember like when I was going through that phase of putting the scarf on but I also mm-hmm. found it hard to do because of the school that I was in because mm-hmm. I could not imagine wearing a scarf then do you know what exactly. I mean so I would like I would just not do it yeah I would just not do it and um I don't know I just used to argue with my family like I don't want to wear a scarf like you know I just don't want to do it yeah and it was because I was going to be an even more outcast in school and I also um I remember like my mum used to drop me to school Mm -hmm. and she used to drive me there and I used to hide hide. yeah oh my god I was so embarrassed I was like she was wearing a scarf Mm -hmm. um so when she used to drive me, I just used to hide literally mm-hmm. and quickly just get out and then just, yeah, just go and just go. hope that no one saw me in the car. That's crazy. Like, I know when you think it. back at it now, it is quite crazy. But back then it was really our reality. And I felt like back then, because I wanted to fit in so much, I felt like I wasn't worthy enough. Like I knew like all the little white girls, quote unquote, like all these little boys would fancy them. And with me, it was like, oh, you're the ugly friend or you're the ugly one so you just kind of felt within yourself oh I guess I just don't fit in or yeah like I'm not quote-unquote pretty because I don't I don't look like a white person um so I think that kind of took a toll on my on my self-esteem not gonna lie like I was a little bit sad yeah (laughs) as you as you would be yeah like I was quite sad as a child because I just thought well why can't I fit in and why don't these boys like me like there is no difference between me and Becky yeah literally like we like the same things what is the difference but it was mainly because because of our color or again with kids it's a bit different because kids get taught what their parents teach them and what media shows them so in media we see that white is the ultimate beauty standard being skinny like even stuff like BMI is based on like white people that like, I recently went to the doctors I got told I was obese oh my god the doctors <laughs> have been telling me guys I am obese honestly but all these little tools are based on white people and yeah. their standards they're not based on our cultures they're not based on us and what we look like because I feel like our cultures people are naturally more curvy, curvy um, exactly. and I feel like in kind of white culture not is it a culture? I don't know but um they're much more slim exactly do you get what I mean so I think um 
it is true actually yeah. that BMI is based on them and not us because yeah. we are not obese but mm-hmm. to them we are compared to a white person we would be obese but little things like that just goes to show that racism is so embedded in our societies institutionalized even in schools in the police system in media if little kids are constantly being told that black is wrong or the the closer you are to black, the wronger you are. Obviously, when we are little, those little kids are going to, what was it called, project that onto us to, oh, well, I saw on TV that the the, the light-skinned girl or the blonde girl was the pretty one, so that means you're the ugly one. Like, there is a little experiment as well um, that a psychologist does. I think you can watch it on YouTube. Um, is, you know, when they have the black doll and the white baby doll and they give it to kids and they're like oh which door do you want to play with and they always go for the white one and then they say why don't you want to play with the black one and they always say oh because it's ugly because Mm. that but kids don't know what beauty standards are at that time so why are they associating the darker skinned doll with being ugly yeah yeah because like I think we did we said in a couple of podcasts like mm-hmm. um that when a child is born they're like a blank slate, blank slate yeah. so everything that they're saying and their perceptions it's all built around mm-hmm. people around them right. from people around mm-hmm. them so I do think that's really really true that yeah. you know it's not just people but it's the family because I I think even within cultures within Asian families and all that there is the same type of racism yeah do you get what I mean there is still racism there's still racism we are going to touch a little bit around colorism yeah in Asian and black communities because that is oh yeah that as well is very much perpetuated I think that's within, within our cultures but where do you think that comes from that white ideal the white ideal where do you think that comes from Oh, I don't, okay, well, if I really think about anything, I don't know, because as far as I've always remembered, people just prefer to go for the lighter skin, mm-hmm. like it's just a prettier person, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know where it's actually. So, so, well, I'm assuming it comes from racism, from not racism, from slavery, from when, obviously, yeah. we were colonised, yeah. and they were more advanced than us, so they, they moved into our countries, giving us like beauty products and showing us their stuff on tv mm. like if you go back in the day like in Sierra Leone because I'm from Sierra Leone if you were to watch tv in Sierra Leone uh back in the day a lot of the stuff was white products so you would see like Dove they will have an advert of like someone using Dove and it'll be like a black person using it and all of a sudden they turn white <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good. silly but like little things like that yeah obviously made that divide of us seeing them as better obviously they came mm. into our countries giving us resources that we didn't have at the time yeah so they all put themselves on a pedestal and then slavery came into it where in America when slavery was happening the lighter skinned people were allowed to then go into the homes and be like the house slaves so kind of like a maid yeah if you were darker skin you were then out on the fields and doing the cotton and you get beaten whereas the lighter skin people wouldn't get beaten like that so I think as well that's where the divide with colorism comes within the black community yeah um I'm not too sure about the Asian community but with the black community I do think that slavery plays a big role as to why we see white as better yeah yeah I think maybe it's come from the same place because yeah. I just think it's just a culture thing. Mm-hmm. Like Asians, it's a big thing to them. The, the lighter skin you are, the the pretty you are. And mm-hmm. I remember in uni, like guys used to say that oh, as well. Yeah, because I'm not a light skin Asian girl. Do you get what I mean? But mm-hmm. like, um, I would get told by the guys oh, there mm-hmm. that are by the way the same color as me. 
but or darker most likely oh, they're darker than get, me i was gonna say don't get me started on black british men because i will <laughs> i will kill someone yeah <laughs> which is so like if you think about it like these asian boys were darker than me or the same color but they mm. would tell me that i am dark and i think that and, is yeah inter- that's internalized hatred for themselves because they probably think well with black men a lot of the time they hate the fact that their parents had to struggle and had racism perpetuated towards them They're, and then they've internalized that racism so much that they don't want to be with someone that looks like them yeah if that makes sense okay I know what you mean <laughs> you're like I know what you mean oh god I just don't I don't know I just, I just remembered this and I was thinking whoa like, this is actually so true that mm-hmm. they were the same color but I think the reason why as well is because um this whole you're you're better looking if you're lighter it's just based on female it's just a female thing because like is. in our culture you can be a dark dark, dark male yeah. and no one would even care like mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter but when you're a dark female you're not going to get married like do, like is that deep do you know what the where that is from <laughs> again where? again comes back to slavery so <laughs> back in the slavery times um black men used to get obviously beaten if you even looked at a white woman's yeah so white women were the epiphany of like beauty yeah like, um if you know about the uh, um what's his name Emmett Hill case it was like a little 14 year old boy walking through town he looked at a white woman or something well she claimed that he looked at her he literally got burned to death like oh they my beat God. him up to death so I feel like a lot of our men then internalize saying that that is the better yeah just because it's always been the forbidden thing that you you're not allowed to you must not do it so it's more attractive for them to do yeah if that makes sense yeah no I, I can be it is very interesting when you it really, is you know because I've never actually read upon this like I've never I am literally Mrs. Pro Black like my I, partner says to me like are you not tired of like <laughs> are you not tired of always talking about colorism and I'm like I will not be tired because as a dark skin when I say dark I'm quite dark skinned black female I've just been I've been through the trenches I've been called black I've been called charcoal I've been called all sorts and the thing is I know within myself I'm quite pretty but when I was younger I genuinely felt like the ugliest like shit ever like I genuinely did not feel anything feel like I fitted in I didn't feel like boys even took like any look at me yeah and that was just ba- purely based on my skin color that was, was me as well there was nothing else because there is nothing else it's only when I got I would say when I got to about uni that I started even feeling, uni for, for me was I was the gonna worst. say even first when I left uni, uni that was when it kind of got, got better, better for me. yeah yeah for me it was like I would say uni, but then again, in uni, I still kind of felt like, because there was this one friend that I was friends with, she was mixed race, yeah. she would get all the attention from people, but then the black girls wouldn't, and the thing is, it's not like she looked any better than us, because she really didn't, it's just that you was their mm. ideal, if that makes sense, and back then, I didn't, yeah, I think I gained confidence in uni, to be fair. Oh, I, I think, think yeah. I think that's when I gained more self-worth and more confidence. For me, I don't know. That put me down a lot, like the skin colour thing mm. in, in uni. So that was a really, really bad point. But then when I left uni and I wasn't around the traditional people, people. then it was different. Maybe that's why, because like I don't like, I always say to Mamuda, like Asian people, not for me. Do you mm-hmm. get what I mean? And my friends, like my group of friends are not really Asian. Mm-hmm. I don't even have like one proper like Asian friend. Yeah. Um, And the reason why is because because of the judging yeah and it's just like I know in the back of your head this is what you're thinking what yeah this is what you think about and it's crazy because I'm not even that dark yeah like there's darker than me so I don't even know how they're feeling do you know what I mean 
no it's not it's it's not nice to feel that way um i think well racism has been linked to so many issues if you think about it well how how do you think our parents because in our parents time it was like amplified how do you think the racism they received affected them because we received more covert i would say racism rather than over it it's not in our face it's not someone calling you a p-word or someone calling me an n-word it's not do you know what I mean it's not that that is happening mm. but back in their time that was really the reality of things you walk around someone spits at you you um, do something someone calls you a name how do you think that affected them and their opportunities to do things well in terms of affecting them I think that they because like now when I look at like you know my mom and how she deals with it she doesn't she's very like she doesn't really care yeah. do you know what I mean I think she expects it yeah she's used to it she's now. used to it so she doesn't really care anymore mm-hmm. but in terms of opportunities um I do think like in schools and stuff like that you are the outcast in that sense as well mm-hmm. and even sometimes you may even feel like your teacher's treating you different because you're skin color oh my <laughs> god <laughs> that literally teachers in my school not to me directly because I was a goody two-shoes but to certain people in my school literally you have a quiet section right and then one black kid comes in to do their work and he'll be like get out why you're gonna make noise but I haven't made noise oh my god yeah and it's like you're actually stopping me from studying. This is a quiet area that six formers are using to study for their A-levels because everywhere else people are shouting at people do what, doing whatever. You're now stopping me to being able to revise in a quiet space because of what? Because some people might have been a bit loud. Yeah, Or exactly. because you perceive that I'm going to be loud. Mm. So things like that, it does stop people's opportunities because you're not it getting does. all the re- yeah. resources or teachers not... And you might not be more out there or you might not ask for help or be more open and stuff like that because you're just worried about what people say about you mm -hmm. and how people will treat you. Um, And it also puts your self-esteem down. Mm -hmm. And if your self-esteem is down, it it affects you in many different ways, not just in that way. So um, I think that it can impact you massively in terms of your Mm -hmm. well-being and your opportunities and stuff like that. Definitely. Um, I think when it comes to our parents, because my parents kind of came to this country by this country I mean like Europe when they were like in their 20s obviously my parents they have a university degree behind them they're quite educated people but when you come into this country you've got an accent as soon as someone hears your accent it's like they treat you a certain way straight it's like you're invalidated you must not know what you're talking about and I know that alone has had such an effect on Massive, the opportunity yeah. the jobs that they've been able to get mm. um the spaces that they've been able to get into because my my parents they prefer um they prefer to stay within their own communities because that's where they feel accepted and my mom now for example she if she picks up the phone she put up she put on a voice like if, if she's talking to anyone yeah that is not like necessarily because you expect bill, them to treat you different because she expects them to treat her differently and, you know, I've had customers um, from where I work and they will literally be like, oh, are you can I, Are you from like the UK? Mm-hmm. Before I would even help them or anything like that, can I speak to someone from the UK mm-hmm. or can I not speak to an Indian person? And I'm like, I'm still Indian. Yeah. OK, I was born in the UK and I'm still Indian. So now what? <laughs> Do you get what I mean? So they literally... They they expect the Indians not to know what they're doing, doing. Um, just because of their accents. And when they hear an accent, you will not be able to do your job properly and you will mm-hmm. mess up my whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't want your help. 
basically put me through to someone that's English. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I mean? The English person could be, could be even more dumber. Like exactly. you do not know. You don't know exactly. Yeah, and that I've... Indian person could be so so clever, and you don't know. You're just judging them. Mm-hmm. And I think that must that must have like an effect. Well, we're talking about our parents and how it's affected them. As I said, my mom doesn't really have friends outside of our communities, but that's probably because she felt like an outcast and she didn't feel like she could fit in with her white, I don't know, colleagues or something. Because if they're going to make fun of her then why would I make an effort to be your friend or speak to you mm. if you're going to talk down on me or make me feel less than And that must have an effect on their self-esteem and their self-worth in general and their opportunities at work. Because at work, there are so many microaggressions at work. Yeah, 100%. Where people will deliberately say that you're doing something wrong because they don't want you to progress in your role. Yeah. Or they deliberately um, put you down or talk down on you because they've got a preconceived notion or stereotype about people of your kind mm. and this stops people from getting to certain places I listened to the receipt podcast and there was um one of the receipt podcast um members her name is Tolly she was talking about how she used to work in journalism and the whole time she worked in journalism she was always a junior writer always a junior writer like she would write amazing things for Vogue but it it was always junior always junior yeah she was never able to progress until she fully came out of journalism and started doing freelance when she started doing freelance by herself she was in big magazines yeah so it wasn't that her work wasn't quality it's just that you're comfortable here exactly you stay there down and it's always you see this in different jobs as well when you go to like for example retail how many people do you see of color at the top i was gonna say that and you know what's so mad they always claim to you know be very open with race diverse diverse but if you look at their senior people well they're not diverse so how does that represent it like do you get Mm -hmm. what I mean people say you have to fix your home before trying to fix something else and I think that's what approach they should take as well um yeah definitely if you think about the effect that this is going to have on people's social economic status if you're always in junior positions you're not going to make that much money so you're naturally being grouped in the poorer category or the less than working what's underneath working class there is another section. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't do economics, but there is another section underneath working class. If you're not getting the promotion that you need, your family is going to be less off. And then you're not going to have access to the things that you need, like medical care, um, good schools. If you're always going to be grouped into the bad areas because of your pay, then how are we meant to come out of these kind of systematic was a process of erasing yeah exactly it's, it's, it's kind like of a like a, it's a cycle of things happening yeah you, you you're in school racism happens to you you go to work you get put down you get put grouped into a section where you're always a junior yeah then then later on you don't have access to good health care or good psychological facility then there is a decline there is so much um research that suggests that um people ethnic people are more like prone to stress and they're more prone to cardiovascular diseases such as high yeah. blood pressure, was it what heart, heart attacks, strokes? The amount of people in my family that have got high blood pressure is ridiculous. And mental health as well. And mental health. There is so much research to suggest that. And these all these things play a role. And I think the quicker people realize that it's not just one person calling you the N-word, that's not where that's not where the issue is. Mm. The issue is that embedded systematic 
like system of racism that's where the issue lies yeah 100 i agree and also we have like the labeling theory if we go into psychology mm-hmm. so the labeling theory is basically when people label you you know again it can be for example in terms of racism yeah. so you're that person's black so they will not be as educated as a white person or the, you know they will never be able to be um a senior in a senior role mm-hmm. and because they have these labels on people so some people will have the positive effect where they will fight mm-hmm. um but then you have the other person that will think well these are expenses from me anyways yeah so I might as well just do it do, do you get it, what yeah. I mean and that's coming like that's it part of like you know violence and everything mm-hmm. I think antisocial behavior is a labeling theory yeah you're labeling someone and you're putting their self-esteem down yeah. so much that they may not even try and the thing is with labeling theory a thing that people don't not that people don't consider but you have to consider the environmental aspects of things obviously you get labeled as not being good enough then you are in a situation like your environment might not be where you're able to progress more like let's say your home life situation yeah or your family don't have the right resources mm. and then at, at at work you keep having that extra stress on top of you how do you expect someone to perform at their best yeah. when they've got all these other factors influencing them day to day yeah exactly I know I, com- I completely get that I, I like you have to look at it for example in school if a kid walks into the classroom as well and they are seen as a naughty child like you yeah. said they will they will just think like I'm never going to be able to do good good my environment's not supporting me mm. and I, like overall it impacts him massively mm-hmm. so yeah I think it's a massive massive thing um so yeah um so we've already covered well-being and physical health do you think yeah okay so how so how um how do you think how do you feel about having this conversation about racism with other cultures so people that are Caucasian, how do you feel when, whenever you have a conversation about racism? I don't know. It's a bit awkward, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit awkward because it's like the elephant in the room that you never want mm-hmm. to address. So I think it's an awkward situation. Um, I don't know. But you know what it is? Like, we do speak about it at work. Um, and I don't find it. It depends on who I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. So I could be talking to a white person about like racism that I've received from white people as well. And they'll be like, oh my God, like that's terrible. And like you know that they're not like that. Mm-hmm. But then you will have certain people that will just jump on defense. So it really depends on who you're actually speaking, speaking to. Um, but you know, I found a massive difference between my experiences and my perceptions compared to a black person. Yeah. Do you get yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I can, I can, I can understand. Because I feel like sometimes when we've spoken about it, it's very like, yeah, like different. for example, our friend Kevin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had an experience where like Mamuda took something a certain way, a certain way, yeah, because um, of certain words that was used that were used yeah. where he didn't, he didn't necessarily mean it, but he should have taken that into account at the same yeah. time. So there's two very different, and he still to this day does not understand it, I don't think. I, I think it's, it's two different experiences because, again, we as black people, we are further away to the white ideal, whereas you guys are closer. So the, you guys have some type of privilege, even though it might not be the privilege that you recognise, but compared to a dark-skinned black person, you do have some type of privilege by just having, I guess, flowing hair by being a little bit more lighter skin you're more acceptable you know what people yeah. think white passing like yeah like you would see with asian lighter skin asian people as if they're white passing so yeah. they're more expect acceptable 
accepted in different communities. There are certain words for me that are trigger as a black woman because we are viewed as angry, we're viewed as defensive, yeah. we're viewed as loud, we're viewed as unreasonable. So when someone labels me in that way, it causes kind of anger because I know as a person, I'm not what these labels are. And I know these labels kind of come from what people perceive other black people as. So to me, every time anyone labels me in that way, it it's I become very defensive. Like I don't have time to discuss racism with people because I feel like we're in 2021. I don't need to teach you anything. You've got Google. I, I do my if research. You, yeah, exactly. If you really want to, if you really care enough to change and make a difference mm-hmm. and understand, you have the resources. It's just a fact that you do not care enough enough to to change anything. You know why people don't care enough? We had at work had a really good talk about this people don't care enough because it suits them white people don't care enough to learn about racism well some of them because the privilege the little privilege that they have they actually enjoy it, even though they don't recognize it because as soon as you say to anyone white privilege and i know what privilege i was poor i grew up with, yeah but you need to recognize that your skin color makes you more likely to go into certain spaces you're more acceptable to certain people yeah. you'll have more access to healthcare than someone who doesn't so you and, might not realize the privilege that you, you might not realize it but, but as soon as it comes to like police brutality and anything like that all of a sudden oh yeah i'm glad i'm white yeah so no, clearly you recognize you've got some type of privilege yeah no definitely so i think that's why certain people don't want to actually do the work to learn about racism because the privilege benefits them in some way yeah exactly and you know that you know that deep down you know that and (laughs) that's why you're not you're not researching because you You like it it. yeah because you're you're happy with because you know if you are there is this thing where caucasian people could go with doing doing mediocre stuff i don't know if this was a thing in your household but in my household when it came to school it was you have to do twice as better than anyone else in your class because they won't take you seriously otherwise why is it that I have to work twice as hard as Becky here? Yeah, exactly. Why? Why do I have to do that? But these are the things that we are told. What, a white little kid doesn't go into school thinking, oh my God, if I get 80%, my parents are going to kill me. They're not thinking that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, I think I it's a really big topic. Going, yeah, I was going to say, I don't even know where I was going with that. I forgot even I think like the Asian community, the black community, the colorism, I think we need to do a podcast on that, you know, because I think we can say so much on that. Yeah, I think colorism, it's its own little... Yeah. So it's its own little problem. <laughs> but I think it's a its a good little insight. I think mm-hmm. we should do like part one, part two, you know, because mm-hmm. it's, the thing is, we have a lot of experiences and I think it's we should outline them Mm -hmm. and this is psychology at the end of the day like it really is because it impacts people's mental health like it like like you know mental illnesses in the black community on its own is a really really big thing as well Mm -hmm. so I think that we definitely need to have a couple more podcasts on this especially like the Asian community one because I definitely want to touch upon that thank you very much (laughs) yeah thank you very much shout out to everyone (laughs) everyone that's ever triggered me literally everyone that's triggered me put your hands up (laughs) (laughs) literally no but I think these are conversations we're going to try and have more often yeah Um, I think today we just wanted to slightly touch up on our own experiences Mm. and how it's affected us yeah definitely Um, yeah similar to you you kind of have a similar experience even though our experience of racism might be a little bit different Mm. but our feeling and the psychological torment it gave us is the same is the same yeah definitely so it's good to kind of recognize it be kind to people because the whole 
you know what I would say as well a lot of people don't realize even though they're not trying to be racist or they don't have any intention of racism at all but there might be some things that they say that they do not they're not taking care into, into like, account yeah they're not taking into account how someone could take that the wrong way yeah, yeah. and then when they do take it the wrong way you'll jump in a defense and say well I don't mean it like that yeah. anyway so but the thing is you should always consider the person's feelings over your intention it's not about your intention it's about how you left that person feeling after you said that yeah so exactly. even if you didn't intend it still apologize because that is that was the outcome of the situation exactly you left someone feeling a, a certain, certain way. way yeah so you should take responsibility acknowledge okay I might or not have meant it like that but I recognize that it made you feel this way yeah but yeah I think that's really really true yeah um but yeah I think this I think, is a really really good podcast I actually love this because I said yeah. to Mahmoud let's do something a bit more casual and have conversations yeah um and I think this is really important um yeah definitely and I think we should definitely do a podcast on also words that you can't you should be more careful of and stuff like that because like you know when people say like oh your hair and stuff and oh my god yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh my god don't don't talk don't talk about hair (laughs) so literally I've got so many triggers ever literally (laughs) but um yeah I think Um, this was a good podcast I think this was very interesting to just hear your experience and my experience please do give us your thoughts as well yeah we 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 should probably do a part two i think we should because we've got a lot to talk about yeah just to talk about different things as well um around racism especially colorism also yeah color we should link it to how colorism we're gonna have more conversations about race and how it's affected people and how it could affect people and what we can do to stop it yeah I think we should definitely do that because we need to give some advice as well and stuff like that so yeah yeah thank you so much for listening guys thank you um we will see you on the next podcast hopefully yeah um with a new intro song as well oh, so are yes. we having the new intro song on this one yes I was thinking of putting it on here okay well yeah. guys you're gonna hear a new intro song uh, we're, you we're might already a, heard it actually. yeah we're gonna do a little outro as well and then we've got a little section as well of the song that is for like dilemmas so if you guys got any dilemmas we want to oh, add wow. a little segment to the show so any issues or anything that's bothering you make sure you dm it to us and then we'll talk about those issues on our next podcast okay well bye guys <laughs> bye <laughs>